0: I have just sucked one hour of your life away. How does that make you feel? And, please be honest, this is for posterity's sake.
1: (laughs)
2: Interesting. This is 8-Bit Episode 27, Endless Runner Side-Scroller RPG. On Sunday, March 10th, 2013, and now... It's the best... This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker with guest Sam Roth. Welcome to Eight Bit, everybody, where you lost an hour of your night. Well,
0: no, you do lose about an hour of your night listening to us.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I I would more than an hour. I would lose sleep over listening to us too.
0: Only if it meant that. Well, only for anticipation for the next
2: episode. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for the next episode of the 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 eight. Oh, what are we called? Eight bit. Oh, I
1: can't do this.
2: I need a nap, guys. Well, um, <laughs>
3: just so you know, our loyal fan base. That's one of our hosts, Mr. Buck, happens to be completely out of it today. So, <laughs> primarily me, myself, Sam Roth, You may have seen me a few times before, and Mr. Decker, but I- also might be out of it. So slightly. You, you may have a guest speaker today handling the show. Yep. All right, Sam, take don't it away. Morning. You're, you're I'm giving you're espresso charge.
0: beans for um, intensity sake.
3: All right. They have these beautiful show notes here, and they have a roll in, which has nothing. We just did that. <laughs> 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 and this says interview, which I don't know what this is
2: directed at, but. All right, this is directed well, towards you. I don't no, if no, no. you've the, ever The received... interview what? is commented out. Ignore it. It's commented oh. out. You, can't you see that? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm talking about the slash of the asterisk. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. That means, it's, com- that means it's not being executed. <laughs> then why is it still here? Why do you I need delete it. it? Because I need it in there for, like, future episodes where we are interviewing people, but, you know... But I don't want you guys to read it, so I commented out. jeez, be be computer programmers. As Ryan
0: just said, they are not programmers. Programmers are two M's.
2: (laughs)
3: Alright, I'll I'll do it in two seconds. I've got four. I play games with my brother. I love playing.
1: My (laughs) favorite game is Paper Wario.
3: (laughs) And um,
2: I hate.
3: I really don't hate any video games,
2: honestly. I feel like I mean, the reason I that I said we're not doing before. that cuz cuz yeah, we've interviewed you before. I've, sure. I've done it Do- twice before. Yeah. Um so yeah, Sam Sam's been on the the episode of or the show, what is this called, a few times. <laughs> and uh so you you probably remember him. Uh, actually I think you were only on like 3 weeks ago or something. It wasn't very long ago.
3: Yeah, I thought so. I'm hoping to try and be a regular on here. Maybe once a month, if I can squeeze myself in.
2: I would be fine with that. <laughs> yes. So, um, we have a very, very special announcement regarding the show today. Uh, so, last, uh, it was like Tuesday or Wednesday, out of the blue, we just get this email from a guy whose name is John Gosling, and he's like, hey... I'm, uh, I, I own Level Zero Games, an independent studio in, uh, in Chicago. Chicago, and I want to come on your show and talk about the game and everything, and, I, and we're like, what? Like, is this real? There's no way this is real. No, he couldn't have, uh, you know, heard about us. No way. And as it turns out, it is real. Mm-hmm. And, he, and so next week on uh, 8-Bit Episode 28, John Gosling is going to be on with us, and he is going to talk about his game
0: his new game, which is currently a Kickstarter project, we'll make sure to throw up something up in the uh, show notes for you oh, yeah. guys. It is called uh, Net Gain, Corporate Espionage, yep. where you are um, uh, basically a shadow broker who's been hired by one of these giant shadow
2: um, broker, good luck.
0: <laughs> one of these giant um, Corporations. corporate conglomerates to get information and, um, and uh, basically sabotage and buy out your enemies. Uh, so it's it's an interesting game in that it's going to be some brand new um, brand new mechanics that I know I've never seen. Um, and, and I mean, that's I believe that that's what he's going for, is brand new games with brand new kinds of mechanics that haven't been seen before. And that's his yep. whole thing.
2: And, and of course, I mean, we'll probably get a much, much better idea of what all of that means next week. Yep. Um. And actually the, the you know the way that he found out about us of course was that uh Chris Thompson who is one of the co-hosts of the Control Structure nickname show he uh what you know he's a uh, huge on this this whole Kickstarter business and he backed NetGain and then talked to John Gosling about you know being on their show and then he found out that you know there's also a gaming show on the network so he's going to be on both Control Structure and on our show and he'll be talking more about the game on our show, and then I, I assume that they're going to be talking about probably like the process of independent game development, you know, more on the uh, programmer side of things, you know. On, on and we'll be talking side. about
0: game mechanics and different things like that more on here.
2: Yep. Um, so go check out their Kickstarter in the meantime. Um, they they have made it to their initial goal, and they have a few stretch goals named. Um, so yeah, check that out. See if uh, see if you Enjoy. it. Keep stretching. I can almost touch my toes. Get it? As long as I can get see it. my toes. Get it? Stretch it? Get it? No. Okay, fine. Yes, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Good. Yes, I get it. Again, I'd have to be able
0: to see my toes first.
2: Uh, what well, is that, a fat
3: joke? They well, call frankly, me. I heard silence. <laughs> <laughs> um... We've got a lot of interesting headlines today, folks, on a huge range of different gaming news in general. It's pretty good. Later on, we've got a couple
2: of reviews of
3: a good range of games from two different people. And there are a few unique announcements of new releases, a couple of things on game sales and stuff. Look at this
2: so, guy. He's just on top of things.
3: Well, yeah, I could do a show professionally. But <laughs> to jump right into this... Uh, an old franchise that we might all remember from when we, were, when we were kids, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It has refused to be left behind by mainstream culture and just become something easily forgettable. They've got their old animated series, which is on like three or four seasons, and it's still coming out to this day. They're coming out with new episodes for and it. It's CGI. It's pretty good. Wow. And we can also find out here uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows is coming out this summer. Available on PSN and Xbox Live. So, we've got a new game up to go the 2 man series. Seems like it's fighting for relevance.
2: <laughs> I, I see what you did there. Uh, so, Dota 2 now holds the record for the most concurrent players on Steam. The game reached 297,000 players on Monday night, which is almost 10,000 more than Skyrim's previous record. And, uh, you know, that's all before Dota 2's even been technically released.
1: Yeah, for MOBAs.
2: Oh.
0: It, they seem to be gaining a lot of popularity. It's kind of nice, actually. Because, yay, video games!
2: <laughs> <laughs> yay, video games versus video games. Video games win! Yay! <laughs> video games lose,
3: too. Well, no, but competition, you know, it breeds the best. So we want all the games to be fighting each other so that only the greatest games rise to the top. Only if it's it, it's the best. It's the best. Shut up. (laughs) Ignore (laughs) that. Ignore
0: that. (laughs) 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 Go to the fringe if you want to worry or learn about that. Slash hear us swear a lot. All right. So, oftentimes when an artist is hired to work on a video game, they are forced to give up their unique art style for whatever fits with the game's world. That is why Robotiki are making a game that adapts the art style of its artists. The adventures of Dash center around a nine-year-old boy and his dreams. Each word Dream World was made by a different artist and are quite different. It will come out on PC, Mac, Linux, Ouya, and Ooyah. Right iOS. Other consoles are a possibility, and it is being kick-started this month. So make sure you go and check it out.
3: Yeah, that's uh, very interesting. It reminds me of in comic books, for example. Each artist have their own style, but generally there's a head artist who
2: leads, and yeah. the others
3: just kind of. They defer to him. They try to mimic his style. or you know, They'll just fill in the background to match his characters or something like that. So yeah. it's nice to see a project that encourages people to be um, themselves. Yep. Yeah,
0: Actually, um, something else that I've noticed that's sort of happening um, is, do you guys remember these movies at all? Oh, yeah. The Riddick movies? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, there's this trilogy that came out, and in the middle is a little half-hour, 45-minute um, animated thing. It's really interesting watching it because you can tell when the different animators took over for each different person. Um, and like it was talking about in the commentaries and whatnot, how each um, uh, like the director didn't necessarily uh, limit people on say, "Hey, you have to do it this way." They said, "Okay, this person's really good at animating this, we'll have him do this, and this person's really good at animating this sort of stuff, and we'll have him do that." So it was sort of an unintentional conglomerate, but it was playing off of everyone's strengths and using their own. Um, uh, art styles and whatnot to the fullest extent.
3: Right, right. That reminds me also of um, a while ago they came out with a Blu-ray called Batman Gotham Nights. It was set between a couple of the movies in Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy and it did the same thing. It was like six little animated shorts and I believe each one had its own art style from a different group. Mm-hmm. So it's just cool to see you know, a variety of different things like that and hopefully see more small-time people make it in the big time.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, like
3: the show's are trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Alright, so we all went, remember a couple years ago when Activision fired and sued the co-founders of Infinity Ward and creators of the Call of Duty franchise and that's so how they went and they started their own studio called uh, Respawn Entertainment well, one of them, his name's Jason West has left the studio recently due to family issues um, all of our sympathies go out to his family
2: right.
1: mm-hmm. So
2: the new Thief game will be coming out in 2014 for PC, PS4, and other next-gen consoles. So, just listen to this paragraph about the game... From uh, Game Informer. Uh, series hero, Garrett, returns to the gothic, industrial metropolis known simply as the city to steal any and everything and that will make him richer. Unfortunately, the city is broiling with social tension as it is ravaged by a plague and lorded over by a political tyrant known as the Baron. In order to survive his adventures, Garrett will have to pay attention to his environment and make use of many of the many possible paths through each of the game's levels. So, does that sound... At all familiar? Dishonored. Yes, uh, which kind of makes sense because uh, I believe that a, a large portion of the the team that made Dishonored were, you know, used to be in the uh, on the developing team for the original Thief games. Oh, makes but, sense. Yeah,
0: it's kind of cool. And I mean, I love Dishonored, so I might have to look into these games
2: a
1: little bit
2: more. Oh yeah. And the, the, the last Thief game that came out was, like, a really long time ago. So you might just want to wait for the new one to come out. And it was okay, called I... Sly
0: Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of nostalgia for anyone there. All right, and didn't they talk about this next thing in Game Informer a little bit as well? The reboot of the Tomb Raider... F- oh, wait, no, never mind. This is the film franchise. The yeah. reboot of the Tomb Raider film franchise will follow the lead of the game by introducing a young, young and inexperienced Lara Croft.
2: I didn't even know there was a Tomb Raider film franchise. <laughs> uh Angelina Jolie in Short Shorts. Well Oh, I and the side boob—the side boob scene. Remember that one? No, what? I haven't actually seen the movie. She uh, got out of the shower. That, oh man. Okay, never mind. Go put it as as but way. Angelina
0: Jolie in side boob. Side, uh, side, side boob. Side boob.
2: Short shorts. I'm not going to look at the
3: name of the movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm looking up next after we get done here. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing um, I have some lotion, right? Her.
3: Not to say work. I'm sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> that's so rare here. I
0: actually have a reason for buying that. My elbows sometimes get so ashy that they crack and hurt.
1: And
2: you know, last some. last winter, uh, at at one point, I was a little sick, and you know, my my hands get really dry like all the time. And so, at one point, I was like, "Oh man." I need to go and buy more lotion because I'm almost out of lotion. What else do I need at Shopco? Oh, I should also get some, uh, some Kleenex because I'm almost out of Kleenexes. And then I realized, oh, that's going to look terrible to the cashews. <laughs> <Isn't it? laughs>
0: I actually had a worse story. So um, I was running down there to go and get this. And I th- no, it was just this. And I got a ride from one of my friends. So they were going to drop me off at the store, run over to the liquor store, pick up some stuff, come back, pick me up, and we were just going to head back to the campus. They were going to part our respective ways. They ended up deciding to not go to the liquor store. So my friend follows me in, and I'm getting and talks to me as I'm grabbing the stuff or grabbing the bottle of lotion and walking my way out. Um, <laughs> and so we go to check it out. And so... We buy stuff, and then we, at, but we're there, we notice that the cashier is giving us really weird looks, and we walk outside. But it's not until we're about halfway back to the car that we realize the awkwardness of just two big guys walking in and buying nothing but to
3: <laughs> 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 Oh, my God. Well, I love that story. Thank you for that. Um, all right. In other back-to-gaming news... The lead designer for Far Cry 3, Ubisoft big game coming out, and the upcoming Watch Dogs, which uh, Far Cry
2: 3 already came out. Yeah, yeah. I've said that,
3: excuse me. Oh, okay. I tried to say that. Yeah. Um, but has left Ubisoft to work for EA, possibly for the next time, Need for Speed game. Need for Speed is a very popular racing franchise. guys. I do for who's been looking <laughs> before, which is quite a while. Um, so, will he finish his work on Watch Dogs, or is he already
2: done his work? No, I, it Watch sounds works. like he already left. Okay. So they're probably going to have a different yeah. lead designer.
3: Well, the game will now not resemble what we were promised at all. <laughs> Completely different art style, just
2: all gone. Gameplay is just destroyed. It's and... a side-scroller now. <laughs> Two
3: side Side-scroller RPG, get your shit right. <laughs> Oh, man. But, well, we uh, hope that works out for him, and then... It's going to be an, an endless work. runner. <laughs> <laughs> you only need two
2: buttons. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Retro N4 is a console designed to play NES, SNES, GBA, and Sega Genesis cartridges, and it will be unveiled on March 23rd. So Ooh. I thought, Sam, you yeah. would be very interested in um, hearing about this. I'm
3: actually putting a lot of thought into buying it right now. That, which is,
2: that, I'm thinking about buying it right
3: now. The price they quoted for it in the link we have in the show notes is at about $52. Bucks, that is, that, wow, yeah. That is very reasonable. You could get something to play your Sega Genesis or your SNES for 30 or $40 by itself.
2: So, now, this is... I wonder, like, you have to wonder how long after a console's launch does it become legal to make something like this that can just straight up play the games that were made for that console?
3: <laughs> it's really weird. Um, I know there was something that plays SNES or NES cards. I watched it on YouTube. It was a handheld device that did those. You could plug them in and it would play them there. That came out <laughs> a couple months ago. And way, way back, they used to have add-ons for consoles to play their competitors' games on their console. Huh. So you plug this little peripheral in and put their games in, you
2: can play it on yours. Oh, but. and then I've also heard about like um, this guy who you can pay him to make you like essentially a portable Xbox, where you know he 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 oh, wow. takes the components of an Xbox and like puts them together into a mm-hmm. a laptop case sort of thing. And, and then you just have to plug it in wherever you go, and there you go, you can play yeah. Xbox.
3: I've seen people do it with n sixty fours also, where they make a handheld, battery powered with a screen and everything, and you can just play you it. Know.
2: And it's but, but I mean, like apparently it's legal for him to do that with Xbox 360s, because that's what like and I mean that and that's the current generation,
3: right? Which right
2: is mind boggling. That's mind-boggling. Weird. Yeah, it's really
3: weird. But yeah. Really? It's, uh, this console looks good to me, the Retro N4. And that definitely seems like it might be up my alley. I'm hoping to sometimes start a YouTube show reviewing old games, so this should be a great system as a way to snatch up an SNES, a Sega Genesis once.
0: The only problem that I see is old cartridge games. They had an internal battery that they used to make sure and, uh, that you had your save games and to keep your save games on. Okay. And I know that in at least a lot of the Game Boy games that I used to have, that battery is now dead.
2: Well, I th- you don't lose your save game files with that, but I remember that yeah, Crystal version relied on that battery to keep track of time while while okay, yep. the system was off. So when once the battery ran out, I could only you know catch the the Pokemon that only come out at night you know, by by like leaving the Game Boy on for twelve hours <laughs> and then you know. Um, getting uh, to uh, the night time.
3: Yeah, I getcha. Um, my brother's SNES carts still work just fine, and I watch guys on YouTube again, being an old-school gamer, who play NES cards, and they still work, and my 64 ones still do. So that hasn't been an issue as of yet. Now, 10 years, 20 years <laughs> down the road, you will hear me raging and raging about it, as I pay a few thousand bucks to get them all fixed up. <laughs>
2: Guys, the battery on, is on my Blu-ray is, is broken. The, the battery's drained. Wouldn't that suck? Oh, God, that would be... It's a scam. They did it on purpose. That way, <laughs> keep rebuying them in a new format. Yeah, what if they made, like... What if they made, like, you know, discs that degrade, like, after five years or something? Like, oh, and, but, they have to, but they advertise them as biodegradable. So then everybody wants to buy them because they're friendly to the environment.
3: And they did the grid just in time for 4K, which costs twice as much. Oh, perfect. And then just, like, get rid of Blu-rays at that time. No one carries them. <laughs> it's a beautiful scale. Uh, who'd we leave off on? I think uh,
0: I just sleep. did that one,
3: yeah. Okay.
0: Valve will start distributing prototypes of the Steam box to customers in the next three weeks, or no, in the next three to four months, <laughs> sorry, to gauge their reactions. <laughs> Apparently the part that is holding it up is the controller. Which so they're trying to bring biometric sensors to.
3: Cool. Um, I know that biometric sensors aren't new to gaming, but using them in any meaningful way would be. Uh Nintendo had a heart rate monitor thing, which that was a complete gimmick. No one did anything with that. So it'd be cool to see if Valve could do something a little different with that, don't you guys think? Mm-hmm. God.
2: Amnesia <laughs>
3: <laughs> That would be perfect. I could definitely set for a lot of survival horror games being interesting.
2: And I'm also I'm assuming that um if if Valve does do something really special with that controller, that you that you will like that controller will be available for you to purchase, and it will work on any PC. Like I would assume that that would be the case,
3: right? Yeah. That would be nice to avoid alienating any fan base. Okay. Um, well, another competitor out there, Microsoft, just to add into the conversation, doesn't view the Steambox as a competitor for consoles, and uh, I can see where they're coming from. It's if you look at the industry of gaming, most systems sell because of exclusive games, either first party or third party. The Steambox will probably not have anything exclusive to it. Why would Valve piss off their PC fans?
2: Well, so, um I mean if it's gonna be an exclusive, then it would be a PC exclusive and right, which people would yeah. buy a Steambox if right? they had their PCs. Or they'd buy it. you get what I mean? For some reason, people seem to like small form factors, and that's essentially what the Steambox Box is just trying to do. It's just a small form factor PC that you stick in your living room and right, you, right. you use it primarily but, with a controller.
3: I wouldn't be surprised if the Steam Box, whether it flops or whether it sells well, doesn't affect console sales one bit. That wouldn't surprise me myself. I could be wrong, but I just wouldn't be shocked if that's what happened.
2: I, I mean, obviously in the sense that, like, no, it probably won't impact console sales more, but, I mean, the PC is obviously a competitor already for consoles.
3: Right, right. Um, I'd be interested, just a random note, I know that every single generation since way, way back the NES, before that even, the Atari 2600, consoles probably, Pong. Every generation consoles have sold a lot more worldwide than they did the one before. The numbers just keep going up and up and up by millions.
2: That's because we just need to keep having babies. Gentlemen!
0: (laughs) Start your (laughs) penises. Gentlemen, start your (laughs) penises.
3: But I just wonder how PC numbers correlate to that, if they've gone up at the same rate, or a faster rate, or a slower rate, or anything like that. I don't think anyone's done a study on that, but it'd be kind of cool to find that information.
2: Um, I mean, I know that, like, you know, the, the desktop uh, market, like, you know, went up and then stagnated and I think went down as laptops went up and then stagnated <laughs> and, you know, now, you know, the mobile is going up and, you know.
3: Right, right. That's a whole different conversation. Exactly.
2: Right. But, yeah, Steambox,
3: look out for it for the next couple of months.
2: <laughs> Company of Heroes 2 now has a release date June 25th.
0: We're snagging my friend Tyler for that one because he awesome. loves company in here, company of heroes. So that'll be that'll be fun. All right. So release date another release date has been announced. Some kind of general release area, but it's unfortunately off in the future. Unfortunately, we won't be getting The Walking Dead season two until fall 2014. It's a good thing Telltale has more content planned in between the seasons. I can't
3: uh, wait. I need to play through the game. Did the first game have like a five?
2: was it? Five episodes, yep.
3: Five episodes, okay. Uh, yeah, I like Telltale's company. They've done
2: quite a few good things before. Oh, yeah. It's just a shame that it's... I mean, that's that's a year and a half away. Well, that means that I have that long to go and play through the game again because I lost all the same game files. And that means I have that long to actually play through
3: the game.
0: <laughs> I
2: have
3: that long to wait for its price to drop to rock bottom, buy it, and then play it. Well, uh... Living out here, folks, I'm very rural. I've lived in Hancock, Minnesota, a little place for a long time, and I hear from my friends who are farmers and their parents quite a few bad things about PETA because PETA has an issue with the way they raise their animals. Even when they do a good job, PETA's always poking problems. So people heard, eating tasty animals. Yes, yes, that's what they're against. So I've heard plenty of bad things against PETA before. So this is just uh, my friends would all love to hear this. PETA is taking an issue with the inclusion of whaling, you know, whale hunting, in Assassin's Creed 4. They want games that sell animals, not games that promote hurting and killing them, because whaling is a big issue these days, right? Also, oh, of course. We, we really? have this, this beautiful quote. I believe the first half is from PETA and the second half is from Ubisoft. Um, PETA says, Joe Schmoe, who plays this game in his mother's basement in the safety and comfort of his home, will feel a sense of accomplishment by killing this whale. Ubisoft's response? We do not condone illegal whaling. Just as we do not condone a pirate lifestyle, all poor hygiene, plundering, hijacking ships, and over-the-legal-limits drunken debauchery. <laughs> so,
2: uh... Yeah. So, Sam, you uh, you kind of live in your mother's basement, don't you?
3: Yes, hardcore, I do. And let me tell you, throwing a spear into a whale's eye is the greatest thing I could ever feel.
2: <laughs> Does it have <ever> kill cam? <laughs> well... You know, and guitar riffs.
3: It's not so much a kill cam, there's like a montage no, of different a- angles of me doing it.
2: <laughs> and it
3: lasts for like, you know, I throw the spear, and then it like, shows me throwing the spear, and throws me throwing the spear again, it's like all these different angles and stuff, with all the music, and about 15 minutes of me killing a whale. So yes, Peter, killing a whale game makes me want to do it in real life. I'm gonna go buy a damn boat, I'm gonna paddle damn out there, and I'm gonna throw a f***ing spear at some whales.
2: Well, you know, this is Minnesota. we got plenty of lakes for you to, to pick from. <laughs> Alden whale. Yep. So, Microsoft. They uh, have released the Connect for Windows code, code samples under an open-source license. And they're looking for developers to give feedback so that they can make improvements to it. So, do you guys think that using a Connect could become kind of a standard for PC gamers, the way that, you know, using Xbox co- controllers is pretty standard for using controllers?
0: Ah, Con- well... I don't know. Connect is a lot more, or connect with the ability of being hooked up to the Xbox. in a living room, a lot more space, a lot more room to move around. In the PC, not PC, not necessarily quite as much. Like if you were able to see where I'm at, well, I do have a decent amount of room, but I don't think that I'd be up to moving around and doing quite that much. However, I would love to see it come. I would probably get one just for poops and giggles. Because However,
2: Ian, you also have to think about. Oh, the Steambox is coming out. <laughs> which is designed for the TV. So here's Microsoft going, nah, the Steam Box is no competitor for us. Here, we'll make peripherals for it, too. <laughs> well, um,
3: I do think myself that this could get I'm a more connects in more people's homes. If they mm. think they could use it between the PC and between the, uh, their Xbox. Again, keep in mind, the biggest market is not any of us. It's people who play their PC games on a five year old PC. It's people who got an Xbox four or five years after it came out and wait for the price to drop. So I think that they might be interested in trying to connect if they've never owned one before. They might think, well, I can do something on my PC and on my Xbox. And my PC is a little bit different than my Xbox can play a little bit newer games, so maybe I can use one of those. So, I think it could potentially get more connects, in more people's homes, which is what Microsoft wants.
2: The other thing about that, too, is that developers have to make uh, games on the PC being compatible with the Connect. and I mean, like, the most the most bizarre thing happens when, when they port games to the PC sometimes. The Mass <laughs> Effect series, for example, is not compatible with controllers at all on the PC. That just I lost my mind. I don't understand why that is. Um, Same thing with DMC. If I, I, I thought d- no, DMC is compatible with the controller. What are you talking Not about? Not the one that I had. I plugged in oh. a PS3 controller
0: to my desktop, and it didn't register. Well, it registered that there was a PS3 controller connected, but it wasn't registering it at all with DMC. I just ended up playing it on my keyboard
3: and mouse.
1: Hmm.
3: Um, if I could spitball that, maybe the reason like Mass Effect wasn't. Microsoft wants to get more sales for Mass Effect on Xbox if people say, eh, I want my controller to be the Xbox controller. Oh, I can use it on the PC? Well, I'll just get it on the PC and have better graphics. It'll be cheaper. But if you can only use that controller on your Xbox, that's going to be the deciding factor. So Microsoft might have you know, pulled some strings on that. It seems like uh, there's also some other stuff, you know, different base, different code base, different fine-tuning, different AI reflexes, different things could all be the potential factors. That's what all of that meant. Okay, I got it now. But I'm saying that there's a technological explanation, and we, we've always got to remember, this is businesses who want to make money. There's a very logical business explanation. Naturally. Right? So I, that's my guess. Why it could be.
0: They're not doing a very good job of connecting.
3: <laughs> oh, boy. So bad puns aside, Tomb Raider for the
0: PC was a good port, and we even got some exclusive fancy hair technology courtesy of AMD. Unfortunately for GE Force card owners, NVIDIA wasn't given access to the game's code until last week and so it isn't well-optimized. NVIDIA and Crystal Dynamics are working on fixing the performance issues.
2: Did you just say GE Force? G Force. You, sir, are amazing.
3: (laughs) Well, it's good to hear that that one was a good port. PC has uh, a totally hit or miss. I'm just remembering the Dead Space 3 thing. You know, that one wasn't a very good port, so it's just good to hear that they got a good one. Yay! Yeah. Well, I, I almost feel like this one should go to Mr. Buck, but... Worry. Guys, we're, we're we both... Even boys, even boys so we have a Boy Scout,
2: too. I'm the one that roped him got into started. working at camp with me.
3: What the heck? Ian told me he was an Eagle Scout by his own merit.
2: I am an Eagle Scout. Ian's by his own, own merit. merit. What do you mean by my own merit? What? I'm confused. Uh, but you did it by yourself like joined in and we're hardcore anyway oh no yeah no i i joined the boy scouts uh because my dad wanted me to join in, you know, okay. as, a, as a tiger cub. Ian didn't join until second grade.
3: Oh. He
0: got me roped into being a Cub Scout, and then I started working at camp and then roped him into being a camp okay. counselor. With
3: well, way anyway, to make sense of this for people, Boy Scouts of America will soon be offering a game design merit badge. Scouts can design either a physical game or develop one for mobile devices. They're required to refine the game for testing and outside feedback. Man, kids these days are so lucky.
2: I find it odd that um, it has to be a mobile device that you that you know if you want to do a digital one.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, like Windows is is still way more widespread and more easily accessible than even Android. Even though, like you know, everybody seems to have an Android tablet nowadays.
3: Well, the reason to provide you with an economical way of looking at it again. Games that are cheap $0.99 cent games sell better on mobile devices than they will on
2: PC. Well, I, I mean, I don't so think that they're expecting the Boy Scouts. I don't think the Boy Scouts are actually going to be selling these games. Yes, they will. It's
3: just like the Girl Scout cookie thing. They're just pumping us for money, pumping us for money. Hey, our Boy Scout designed this game. You should buy it.
2: Well, no, so so if the if if the game gets sold at all, it'll be the Boy Scout himself who's selling it, and then he makes the money off of it. Just
3: a little fee to the. To
2: the club. No, I'm kidding you. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, Torment Tides of Num Numenera has broken Kickstarter records. It only took six hours to reach the its uh, $900,000 goal, and uh, as of Friday, they were at more than two million dollars pledged. Uh, let me let me go and check again. I'm there right now. What, how much are they at now?
0: Two million three hundred ninety thousand eight
2: hundred. How much time left? Twenty-five, 25 days. days. So, yeah, they um they broke the Uya's record for the fastest time to get to one million dollars, I believe. Um, yeah, they um they're doing quite well.
0: You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: they have some and absolutely. This, this is stuff like the spiritual there, successor to Planetscape Torment or something like that, and. Uh, I, I think the only reason that it's not like a direct uh, successor in the same franchise is probably because the franchise is owned by some publisher. Yeah, okay, that makes, that makes sense.
3: I
0: think I might have to back this.
2: Well, see, here's here's my here's my stance on that. It's already got its funding, and they're doing extremely, extremely well. So I think I'll just wait and then pay for the game when the game comes out. Okay.
3: Yeah. Well, on the other hand, if you're backing now. They might get more money in then and they say, "Oh, we could put more features in the game, and you'll get a better product." True.
1: They
0: have a bunch of different stretch. Let's see, where was that whole thing? A um, bunch of different stretch ones. Um, and right now, they're most to the way up through 2.5 million. The main headline for that is gameplay increases 150 percent. Well, they'll um, probably reach that. And then the 3 million is gameplay increases 200 <laughs> percent.
2: All right, all right. I'll go back it. I'll go back it. Don't worry.
0: And actually, the 25. Let's see. uh, I'm trying to see what the difference between. uh, There's no difference between the 20 and 25. I think the $20 one was just. um,
3: A limited thing?
2: Yeah, like
0: an early bird thing.
2: Yeah, Yeah. so, yeah.
3: Well, I've got to say, uh, Mr. Buck, I'm glad to see you supporting developers making games because that maybe will have less people follow the fate of THQ. I've made jokes at Ian for a long time about how it's his fault that THQ died. Oh, you He's just dead. brought
2: that up and I wasn't even listening to you. Yeah, I feel hurt by <sighs> you that. You stinker. I'm, I'm emotionally <laughs> scarred by that, Ian. That was Wait, you know, I wasn't
3: listening what? Ian is responsible <laughs> for the death of THQ. Yeah, and I, tell him that all the time. I
2: didn't support them financially at all. I never bought any of their games. <laughs> he could have done whatsoever. so much more.
3: He <laughs> just Sat on his hands,
2: sad. I, I didn't buy Metro 2033 or Darksiders or Darksiders Ooh. 2 or Homefront. Seriously, I bought Homefront. Why did I buy Homefront? I thought it was going to be good. <laughs>
0: might have to get the twenty-eight dollar version because it's at the current level twenty-five is the highest or lowest, which good. gets you, a copy, you get a copy
2: of the game. Of the game.
0: 28 it's $3 more, and you not only get the copy, but you get a novella, which would, I would really like. Um, I mean, they have the digital strategy guide, which I probably wouldn't read because I like figuring out stuff on my own. But I might have to go with the
3: $28.
2: Oh, yes. How many, how many are there left? Uh, okay, yeah. we got a little. Okay.
3: I think can, – can we deal with your financial
2: decisions after the show? Nope. Got to do it now. Clicking, clicking. Right now.
0: Oh, hey, look, they just went up a few more.
2: Did you just play the meow game? No, no I <laughs> I did that
0: last episode.
3: Okay, I swear I heard you say meow.
0: Yeah. I did, but I said, I, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about now. that later. I, I can't do it right now, is what I had said. So okay. it it was substituting meow for now. The difference yeah. between the meow game and then doing that is uh, with the meow game, you have to insert meow in in a way that... Oh, hey, look, okay, it just went up another
3: back. Oh,
2: my gosh. Well, yeah, I just backed it. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are kidding. didn't realize that. What's well, on the next here. one? Somebody's reading the next one. I think I am. Yeah, yeah go true, for it. Mr. Baker.
3: Uh, in a moment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I worked with this
3: kid who was two years younger than me, and he he cannot say now. I've never heard him say now. He always says meow. Oh. I think he did it as a joke for a while, and he trained himself to do it. Oops. That's all he says. I Sounds it, like
2: Snuffy. <laughs>
0: and, uh, very much so. <laughs> does, he, does he meow in his sleep slash sleep in closets?
3: Um, I... <laughs> I think he's in the closet, but I don't sleep
2: with him, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was excellent. Well done, sir.
1: <laughs>
2: like, perfect setup for that.
0: <laughs> I'll give you that. But no, the difference between the Meow game um, and that is just, you insert Meow into random places, like I okay. was inserting it in the middle of well talking about the different news things that came up, or I was inserting it at the end of sentences, but it
3: was nonsensical, whereas that one was a putt. okay, so I basically talked about meow this right, to use
2: an over exaggerated example, see that just confused me. I don't know what that sentence meant anymore. <laughs> the meow was like, um
0: tried, it, you try but remember know. also with the meow
2: game,
3: they can't know what you're doing, yep, yep, I know you're trying to do it secretly, that was just an exaggerated
2: meow example. And are you to... ready yet? We've been covering for you for a while and you're sitting there t- talking with us still.
0: <laughs> How was that supposed to know? Okay. We heard a while ago that Blizzard was thinking about taking StarCraft 2 free-to-play, but that is no longer the case. They don't like the design choices they would have to make for the transition. It's too okay. bad I already own a game. <laughs> uh, free-to-play is able
3: anyway. No, not really, but okay. If Blizzard changes their mind, maybe StarCraft 3 will be. Who
2: knows? Darn, and I uh, I threw away that uh, guest key that you gave me, like, years ago. <laughs> so, uh, the
3: online store that existed for the Ooyah's test period has been reset. Oh, okay, every time we say yeah we say yeah Oo-ya, or Ooyah, Oo-ya. or some app.
1: Okay.
3: Um, the only games that are uploaded from March 7 onward will be in the retail store. Uh, the console will be shipping to Kickstarter backers, such as my brother, on March 28th.
2: Yep and I think uh Max Marty uh kickstarted that so we'll probably have him on the show for an episode soon after March 28th. Now this next story is pretty darn unfortunate um over 1,300 Steam keys for natural selection 2 have been deactivated. The reason for that is because those keys were bought from the developer's site with stolen credit cards and then resold on third-party sites to people who are using legitimate credit cards. Then the developer got a $30,000 fee um, when, you know, the actual credit card holder uh, disputed the, those purchases um, and so then they, they had to deactivate those keys because they were essentially stolen from them. So the only winners here are the sites that were actually doing illegal things. Everybody everybody else lost out. Uh, so the lesson here is uh, that you really need to be careful where you buy your games from online. Yeah.
1: Yep,
2: yeah, for, for sure. It's, that's just a bad, messy, legal, economic
3: issue.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Okay.
0: Chris Roberts is really serious about making Star Citizen the best game he can. He wants to use the Oculus Rift, that awesome VR headset everyone is excited about, not only to look around your cockpit while flying, but to have realistic conversations with other characters. Depending on how you act around them, they will fly differently. If you're a douchebag, they probably won't help you. Well, that
3: sounds interesting. Star Citizen, um, you were
2: talking about that one before, weren't you? Yeah, that one's also been kick and and it's going to be huge. Um, say that. It's uh, it's made by the guy who was the mastermind behind... I forget what that other series... Yeah, of I'm games trying to were. think, but, but you but, told me. Yeah, they, it was, it, it, they were space sims, and this one's also a space sim, and it's going to be awesome. It's mm-hmm. not coming out until, like, I think late 2014 or early 2015, though, so we've got a while to wait.
3: we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline, by the way. <laughs> All right.
0: Actually... Uh, Torment, Tides of Numenera still has more funding than than Star Citizen
2: does. Well, I mean, Star Citizen was Kickstarted a while ago, and then people have also been donating money on his website, like, you know, outside of that. Because once the Kickstarter is over, you can't donate more money through Kickstarter to them.
3: Well, what I know, he's using Kickstarter to (laughs) kickstart it and get money, and then get other people to give it to him. How innovative. Yeah, Makes sense. (laughs) right. um... Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Has a very interesting control scheme. You use the left analog stick to control Big Brother, the right analog stick to control Little Brother. Not sure how that would work with the mouse and the keyboard. Uh, here's a video to get what that means. That reminds me of um, one of the games in Nintendo Land where you use one analog stick to control one guy and one analog stick to control another one. And uh, then you try and chase people out. But you don't use, you just use two triggers to like tackle or something. Mm-hmm. But it's not that deep. You know, it's a simple, it's a fun, fun game, but it's very simple. So I wonder how complex this game is.
1: You know, yeah, this, uh,
2: in, in Brothers, um, I believe each one of the two characters will interact with, you know, pretty much all of the, uh, objects in the world in a different way. Uh, so, like, you know, they, they showed, um, you know, Big Brother trying to get this guy's attention and talk to him, and, uh, you know, the guy just kind of blew him off and, you know, get out of here, and then. And then he takes little brother and he walks little brother up to the guy and he and he clicks you know interact and little brother just smacks him on the butt. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll all be players. big brother, you be little brother. Um, sure. Yeah. Okay. okay. I will smack you your too. butt any day. Giggity.
0: Well, you know, I can rate your you pants
2: or whatever. Oh, what was that episode again? I can rate you. I can rate you. Or I can review you. I can review I can you. Review. There we go. Uh, that was Andrew you. Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> he lost his pants that day. By the way, did I?
0: I think. I think no, that no, was that the day was, when we took a picture. No, of that you was. That boxers. was when
2: I had. No, that was when I had the the new egg box on my head. It's right because it said, "Go ahead, review me." Oh, that's right. Okay,
0: starting the video for brothers: a tale of two sons.
2: It looks sick. Really? Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. This is a good thing. <laughs>
4: Hello, my name is Joseph Farrs and I'm the creative and game director for downloadable game, Brothers. So what is Brothers for Game, you say? Brothers is a top-down adventure story, emotional experience set in a fantasy world. The story is about- I think that was a bunch of ...cure to save their father. And you as a player will control the brothers at the same time. Let me show you how. You control big brother with left stick and little brother with right stick. And the same goes for the interaction. You have Big Brother left trigger, Little Brother right trigger. So the brother's personality is quite different. You see the old lady over there? Now look at Big Brother here when he interacts. He shows her the map and she points the way. So now we go with Little Brother, we go to her and he will do something else. And the same there, you stop to interact when you release the button. I push with Big Brother, he will try to ask him, he doesn't seem to have time. You go with Little Brother, you push, BAM! Here we have a very angry dog that's trying to attack the brothers. So if I push Big Brother button, he will whistle and the dog will go to him, and I can run down and get up here. And with Little Brother, push his button, he will start to wave. So the Big Brother can go on
1: back here. Push Come on, dog. Come on.
2: Yeah, it looks like there are a lot of uh, interesting gameplay uh, game. Ah. No one heard that. Oh
3: yeah! (laughs) Oh yeah! (laughs) Oh
2: yeah! (laughs) Okay, you you were saying, Ian? Um, Yeah, lots of interesting gameplay (laughs) possibilities. um, You know, just with that very simple uh, control scheme. So I'm intrigued.
3: Uh, Yeah, that looked. Again, after watching it, that looked like the
2: thing from uh, Nintendo
3: Land, the minigame Animal Crossing Sweet Day, which I can say is a very fun way to control the character. We use one stick for each. So that game looks really good. Uh, it looks like it's really taking that idea and utilizing it to its full potential. You know what I mean?
0: My brain hurts just thinking about trying to um,
3: control those two characters at the same time. It's not that hard once you've um uh, gotten used to it. It does take a little getting used to. Uh, but. You can have them both doing different actions, moving in different directions, and trying different strategies, both at once, and it's not that hard to do. I mean, I think it'd be wonderful,
0: but my god, my head hurts. <laughs>
2: Just with
1: like that. All
2: right. So, do you guys want to watch a playthrough of a game that was ported to mobile devices the right way? So, Agent Gold's playthrough of Shanty Risk Revenge. Shante thank you. Taken from the D, uh, D, uh, DSI. DSI. Yeah. And see, I saw that, and I almost said DS Nine, <laughs> which is a slightly Deep different Deep
1: Space thing. Nine. We're close that there.
2: So this it was ported to iOS, and uh, the game was retooled. <laughs> That's my dwelling. <laughs> <laughs> Retooled to work as best as possible on touch control device.
3: So, <laughs> no, it's not like I have personal knowledge or familial relations to Agent Gold, but uh, he's going through the game, and it's a pretty good thing, genuinely. He talks quite a bit, he gives some good information about it, compares it to other games in the same genre. It's worth watching if you're interested in seeing a mobile game that's a lot deeper than the normal experience.
2: What did yeah, DSI stand for again? Interactive, maybe? Um, well, save. that's silly because they were all interactive. That's the. Point. No, no, but this one downloaded stuff. Okay. You could...
3: Internet! DS Internet. Oh, wait, that makes sense! No but idea. that was not what they called us because the original ones had Wi Fi. Let's see what it. Yeah.
0: Let's let's, let's go to the YouTube.
2: I was actually, going didn't mean that we actually needed to look this up, guys? Yes, you did! <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, I can't figure it out. Wikipedia is not telling me, so
3: it must not exist. Clearly. Same here. Okay, we give up.
0: Damn you, Wikipedia. You failed. You have failed me again, Wikipedia. Okay. I shut myself.
3: there. So, Transformers
0: references aside, LEGO City Undercover will be coming out for the Wii U exclusively on March 18th. It's the first new Wii U game in a while. Fans of the LEGO franchise will want to check this guy out.
1: I
2: was about to say, ooh, my sister should play that, and then I realized, no, wait, I don't want my family to buy a Wii U. Why not? Uh, have you seen our TV? There's absolutely no oh, point yeah. in having, um, having anything more um, powerful than a Wii.
1: Yeah. Sadly, that game does not support
3: fully off-gamepad, or gamepad-only play because you need the Game gamepad for a lot of stuff. But you could buy a bunch of games for the Wii U that
2: just use the gamepad, and then they wouldn't have to use their TV. Oh, yeah, <laughs> So we just bought a console so that we can just play, like, you know... About um, half the games are supposed just on the
3: consoles. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is the first game to hit in a while, and it looks alright. I'm not going to buy it day one, but I will get it eventually, I think. Um, it's supposed to be about the best Lego game that they've come out with yet. So, uh, yeah, it looks pretty good to me. Um, in other news... We have new screenshots of Pikmin 3, which was supposed to be a launch day game, then a launch window game, then it got pushed back after that. But it shows a Wii U gamepad-like device in the hands of one of the pilots, and those are people you play at. Um, it's just funny to see that, because LEGO City also gives the character a device like that, like the Wii U gamepad. So it seems like that's a trend in these games, is to give the character a so, Wii U you gave you something like that to give the character the gamepad in their hands in the game. I just find that kind of
2: funny. Well, you know, I mean, the, it's still in the launch window as long as the window just keeps getting bigger. No, launch window is done this month. No, no, no. See, see, we just we just hire a construction crew, and they can expand the window, you know, a few more months out that way. <laughs> I love the idea,
3: but I think there's an industry standard of what a launch window is. So we're going to have to be This is going to be a pretty big project to make it Nobody standard. in this
2: industry can agree on anything.
3: I think i launch window is about five, six months in
2: general. Wait, what month are we in? March. And see, it came out in November, yeah. December, Saint Patrick, same January, month. February. So it's only been like four months, right? Am I uh, counting right?
3: So January,
0: February, March.
2: Yeah. Five, right? So it's four. Sometime this month, it'll be four. November, December. No, no, yeah, you don't four. count the first month. Why not? Because that doesn't November, make sense. No, November to December, December
0: to January, January to February, February to March.
2: Yeah, because uh, I didn't. I didn't turn one month old in October. I turned a month old the month after I was born. Yeah, I failed math anyway. Yeah. No, I literally had trouble math anyway. Continue Which is January. really <laughs> funny because you're the one who always quotes numbers at me about you know <laughs> for the PS2's uh, generation.
3: Oh, I wouldn't weigh more than that. I'm good at specs. I only understand the math that I care about. That in statistics.
1: I <laughs> oh, God.
2: Um, You're up to bat. I'm up to bat. Uh, hey, other upcoming Wii U games are Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate and Need for Speed Most Wanted on March 19th.
0: Yep. Those sound like fun.
2: Uh, yeah, basically.
3: Wii U finally gets games, people. It went for about a two-month drought there.
0: Okay. Um, also, our resident ghost has posted uh, a little article about what does the I and DSI stand for? Anyway. Because
2: he's better at interneting than either of you combined.
0: Hey now. The either. I is symbolic of the subject I and its personal aspect. Plus the addition two cameras gives the system its own I on things. So
2: it's, it's supposed to be like the word I, but it's the lowercase I. So they kind of failed at that. Well, all I know is it sold really well. So. <laughs> sure but no. their marketing worked their marketing worked
1: <laughs> yep,
3: yeah marketing all right, enough of this bull. let's go into the main topic
2: awesome, um, cool. I'm yeah. not up to that though. So, Assassin's Creed 4, well, I mean, it's the main topic, so we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, Assassin's Creed 4, a black flag. Last weekend, we, uh, we talked about what we knew so far about it, and since then, well, um, Ubisoft has actually had, like, you know, a, a real press conference, and they've actually told us real things about it. Um, so... Here's what we know. It's going to be like way more open world than the previous games were. So basically, they just kind of throw you out there in your ship, and you can just go wherever the heck you want. Um, the only the only gates in the game will be uh, the enemies. So basically there'll be some areas of the game that have, you know, way like enemy ships and stuff that'll, that are way more powerful than you will be able to take on at the beginning. So that's how, you know, they'll encourage you to explore and, you know, improve your ship and everything um in order to, you know, progress to those new areas. Um 40% of the missions will be naval missions. <laughs> um so that you know if you do your math right i think it's like 60% will, of the missions will not be naval missions um <laughs> and uh yeah i can do math too um and uh yeah but aside from that like Eve like when you're out there on on the ocean you'll just be able to whip out your uh, spyglass and look around and then um you know they'll just kind of randomly generate a few uh, events that you can, you know, do. Like, you know, you might see a ship that, you know, you can plunder, or, you know, you'll see a whale that you can go and whale, and or hunt, whatever you want to call that. And, uh, yeah.
3: um So, do we know what systems this will be for?
2: Oh, yes. It's going to be, um, the, I think it's on, it's on current generation <sighs> Xbox and PS3, as well as any... any any next generation consoles? I think it is coming out for the Wii U as well. Yeah, it, and, I know what it is. Yep, and so, yep, and PC like Watch of course. Like
3: like everything. Pretty
2: much, Dogs yeah, is. pretty much. Um, and also like Watch Dogs, it they'll be having uh, connected single player features. Not really sure what exactly that'll mean. Um. You know, for in an Assassin's Creed context, obviously Watch Dogs is—it kind of makes sense because it's like, oh, you know, they're hacking into your world, you know, because they, we're all hackers and we have our little hacking phones. Ooh, Ingress. Oh. What? What? Ingress is, is Google's game where you take your phone and you hack into things.
0: Okay. Yeah. Is this anyway. thing that you were playing on your Nexus whenever?
2: Yeah. You were on a break. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh. And I haven't touched it since then because there's absolutely nothing in Morris that I can hack. Also, I need Wi-Fi to do it. <laughs> I rarely have Wi-Fi when I leave, um, you know, a building. So, yeah. Also, um, I hope I'm not spoiling the ending of – well, okay, whatever – Desmond's story is over, but, you know, in the modern day. And uh so now in Assassin's Creed four you will be playing as um a an employee of Abstergo, uh, who is researching the life of Edward Kenway for an entertainment product. Yeah, you're good now. Okay. Done with spoilers. Thank you. Um. Yep. And also, so we so we also know, of course, that you are playing as Edward Kenway for sure, who is uh the grandfather of Connor. Um. Yeah. He should well, be fun.
0: Was
3: his father?
2: So no, no. Father. Uh, Haytham Kenway is Connor's father, and we are playing as haytham's father, Edward. Okay. Yep. Um.
3: Let's see. I had a couple of other questions I to ask. So, do you think it's possible with an assassin's creed every year that the series going to may undergo a Call of Duty, which is where the gameplay doesn't change much from year to year, and people well, keep rebuying it. Or do you see that not occurring
2: here? Hopefully, I mean, obviously this is way different than Assassin's Creed 3, from what we've yeah. heard. So they are they are keeping it fresh, and okay. you know not doing the same game again, which is why I'm excited about it.
0: Okay. That's a very fair answer. Plus it's a lot of storylines, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a continuation of the storylines.
2: Yep. Which is why you had to take off your headphones. <laughs> um oh golly, I was gonna say something else. Oh yeah. So also the the personality of Edward Kenway is uh much more kind of independent than previous uh assassins that we've seen. Um, you know, the other ones were just kind of like, Oh, I'm part of the order now and I'm going to do everything that I can to hunt down, you know, the Templars and and kill them and everything, but um, Edward Kenway is much more just kind of like I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want, and I'll assassinate people every once in a while if I feel like it. You know, so he's got swag for some side bounty,
0: a little bit of booty on the side.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. You watched the uh, you watched the trailer. You saw that booty. That booty. Both of them. Oh, God. Booty bounce boppers. <laughs> Uh, do we got a oh, release date on this game yet? Um, yes, October 29th of this year. Happy birthday! Spoiler
1: alert.
2: So, we got a couple of reviews today. A few All reviews, right. actually.
3: Yes, I've got myself three, one of which will take a while, one of which I can go over pretty briefly because I want to focus on one thing, and a couple others that I can just fly through. Um, Ian, how do you want to do this? Do you want me to do one, you do one, I do one, you do one? Sure,
2: yeah, yeah. And since you have three and I have two, it'll be perfect if you start.
3: Alright, I'll start with the biggest one, I guess. Aliens Colonial Marines. I think that's a game that we've all heard about. Mm -hmm. That one of us had his brother purchase for him and played it for 18 hours. Well, there have been rumors that the game did not live up to the hype, that trailers looks better than the game, gameplay-wise and um, visuals-wise, that the game's story was, well, bad, and a variety of other issues, saying that it was not a very good game. I'm here to confirm, less later than everyone else, I assume, that yes, this is true. Um, A little bit of background, Aliens Colonial Marines came out uh, February 12th on the Xbox 360, the PlayStation 3, and uh, PC. It's not out yet for the Wii. It's supposed to be this month or so that we're expecting it to come out. Um, it was an Unreal 3-built game, first-person shooter, and the idea was to put you in the role of a colonial marine going in as direct sequel to the movie Aliens. not just in intro of the franchise, but following the movie Aliens. So you come in, and you get to explore iconic locations and fight the creatures, the aliens, the xenomorphs, whatever you want to call them. It didn't pan out quite the way it was supposed to. Um, the game, visually, looked... I'm trying to just put it lightly and be accurate. Uh, Ian, you saw the game. How would you feel? How
2: would you describe it? How would I describe it? Um, I would describe it as you're not so much playing uh, as a marine as a robot. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, uh, the the facial animations. Exterminate. The facial animations are their whole own thing. Um, The most common expression is what I would call inhuman. That is, I don't believe a human could look that apathetic. Um, There's one point where a guy is calling to you to save your life. He's got to pull you up from an explosive decompression thing. And
2: that was was right at the beginning of the game. I saw that part. (laughs) And the look on his face is so apathetic. Um, the game looks
3: really flat. If you get the texture details, aren't that impressive. The one thing the game does visually that feels really, really good is lighting. It's got great shadows, great light effects. But
2: even that. And, and speaking of which, uh, there were a couple of mods that came out uh, like the day before the game actually released <laughs> yeah. that improved the lighting and you know the, the <laughs> X10. Yep. Yep.
3: Um, <laughs> well. You know, visuals, graphics—if you base that around a game, I don't want to play anything that wasn't new, and all games would retroactively become terrible. So, of beyond that, how does the game go? Um, AI—it's really lacking. The aliens in general just they just kind around. of charge at
2: you. Yeah, charge yeah. around.
3: Um, now there are some that are lurkers that hide a little bit, sneak attack you. Know those are much more fun to fight. But I'd say a fight lurkers about ten percent as often as you do soldiers. The difference between them is the difference between the alien in the original movie, which its head was flat, very smooth. That's a lurker. And in the second movie, aliens, their heads were rigid and rough. Those are soldiers. The soldiers are very not fun to fight. They charge at you. Lurkers are more fun but very rare. The acid does not really damage you much. It stops your health regeneration.
2: Um, which I found hilarious. Yes. I mean, like. I, I wasn't afraid of those things at all because whenever yeah. they, you know, ran up to me and, tra- and actually grabbed me, I just hit melee and then he well, would shoot it in the mouth. You, and you uh, consistently melee them to death. Yeah.
3: Whereas, without going too over the top, in the movie Aliens, if you look at deaths of characters, we have the sergeant... No, he didn't die. Um, we have... The guy's name was Jark. He was a badass with a smart gun. He died because of acid. We had another guy get injured because of acid. And we can shock up another death to acid. A guy died trying to save her because she got acid in. And then a guy got brought out of it and couldn't fight anymore because of acid. The acid was one of their biggest, scariest things in that game, And if they didn't have it, the Marines would have done just fine. So it was neutered. Um, the game gives you a good choice of weapons, but it gives you too many. Instead of the old Call of Duty two weapons at once thing, you can select it from any of the weapons you have at all times. And you've got as much ammo as you want. In the movie Aliens, they made a key point of how much ammo they had and how limited it was. But here you don't have to worry about ammo and you can blaze away. Whoop, well, the shotgun's not working. I'll put my other shotgun. Oh, geez, that's not working. I'll just put my pulse rifle that shoots grenades. And, oh, that's not working for me. I'll put my assault rifle that's got a flamethrower on it. And. Yeah. I don't know, you feel far too powerful compared to how you should against the aliens. Yes, in the movie, the Marines killed way more aliens than Marines were killed by aliens. The death ratio is insane. But here, there's nothing to be afraid of at any point. Your AR partners are uninteresting, basic, and somewhat useful, but they have no health limits. They can't die. They're fine. So the aliens really can't hurt anybody. Um, the plot... I've come up with better before for role-playing games based on aliens. Um, and coming up for this, I thought of a few different kinds of missions. Well, you can have a mission where you've got to protect people, so you can hide them off in some different part of your base, you know, seal doors, try put turrets somewhere and try and defend them. Or you can have one where you've got limited ammo, so you've really got to conserve it, try to sneak past aliens, whatever. You could have something where you're trying to attack the aliens to the lair. So you've gotta be sneaky and, you know, keep your eyes in any direction. You can have one where the aliens are running around you in all kinds of directions and you gotta use your motion tracker. No, none of that. The game is very simple corridor shooter. And what makes it worse the worst thing is you spend about half the game fighting mercenaries from Whalen Otani. Whalen Utani, excuse me. So oh, wow. it becomes it becomes call of duty. It, <laughs> it becomes Call of Duty the game. And it's very I mean, the mercenary parts are okay if they sprinkle them occasionally, maybe. No, it's not very fun. And the uh, parts where you're fighting the aliens and the mercenaries both at once—that should be fun. Best tactics, kill the mercenaries first. They have a pretty good aim bot, so. Try to pop off the mercenaries first, then deal with the um, then deal with the
2: the aliens. Um, yeah, sorry. The the, uh, the titular yeah, one the of the, the titular things, characters. The
3: things that were not fucking that kind here of tits! For, <laughs> I don't think aliens have them, but um. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> wow, I'm really out of it. <laughs> no, I'm out of it too. Um I played some of the multiplayer and it was more fun. It was like Left For Dead. Um some of the problems are there are rounds where the Marines will have all the points and the aliens won't have any. I found it much harder playing as alien. And from what I saw from other people, even though you play for a while it was a little unbalanced, even though you know you get used to the aliens. It's a bit unbalanced, but it's not terrible. The problem is there aren't that many maps. Um, there's some DLC plan including like a horror mode type thing. I'm not interested at all at this point. I might get it eventually when it goes on discount. Um, comparing this to the game that came out three years ago now, Alien vs Predator 2010, that one I preferred more. I preferred the Marine Campaign of that one to the Marine Campaign of this one, which that's really sad. And that game works graphically better for this one thus. Um, The best parts about this game also are probably, there's some, like, audio diaries you can find throughout the game that are kind of cool and give you history. Um, You can find legendary weapons, like Hicks shotgun, Gorman's pistol, uh, Vasquez's smart gun, that stuff is pretty cool. And the campaign is fully drop-in drop-out, which is nice, so you can play with your buddies and... You could try to get into it, but everyone feels the exact same. It'd be cool if they had customization for, this guy's really good with a shotgun. This guy's a leader, and is capable of buffing his allies. You know, almost like MMO-type stuff in there. I would have enjoyed seeing that. The individual weapon customization is okay, but nothing amazing. But I just really would have liked even more customization, especially for the multiplayer aspects. Um Overall, I would give the game about a 4 or 4. 4.5 out of 10. If you're a huge fan of the series it's worth picking up on, you know, later ones, 30 bucks or whatever, 20 bucks. But if you're just looking for a good triple A game, this is not where to look. Gearbox dropped the ball on this. Yeah. Um any
2: questions about it? Um I guess I mean I would say I guess that uh it seems to me that Gearbox games have been pretty hit and hit or miss like you know, in recent times yeah, yeah. because when we had, you know, the uh the Duke Nukem was bad, but you know, both of the Borderlands were pretty good. Um right. Borderlands then, 2's DLC is questionable by some accounts, but <laughs> uh the main game was
3: great.
0: Um uh, games with glory holes.
3: I try to avoid them actively. Uh, the one thing I forgot to mention that I really should bring up is that um the what the what? Uh, are there two Ian's? <laughs> so let's see. Yep, um, um, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. i made an evil twin of myself. I'm sorry about that. Uh, You're
0: frozen. Uh, so
3: you can't see that. Um, the sound is really good. They got that really down well. It's taken right from the movie, so The pulse rifles sound like the pulse rifles. The aliens sound like the aliens. They did really do a good job of the sound.
2: How about the dialogue?
3: <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. So there's this character who, she's a girl, her name is Bella. She was part of the first squad to go in, and you and your friend O'Neal were part of the second squad are going in. And O'Neal is very concerned about Bella. So, you know, Winter asks, Winter, that's your character, asks him, hey, O'Neal, did you have a thing with Bella or something? What what'd you have going on with Bella, O'Neal? We had a thing. What kind of thing? A sex thing. And (laughs) that that dialogue is pretty standard. Um, There's one character who's a captain, some okay lines. His dialogue's all right. But other than that, it's nothing inspired. It's. There's one point where an alien takes a guy away right in front of you, and O'Neill's like, What the was that? Or something. And that's like, You've been fighting these aliens for hours now, O'Neill. You know what they are. But. Yeah, I, going... uh
2: so I enjoyed uh Penny Arcade had a, a kind of parody of what the uh what the dialogue sounds like. And they so they got a picture of one of the Marines going, Rhino two two, this situation is butt, it's all toilets down here. Solid coffee <laughs>
3: I wouldn't describe it as that bad, but yeah, that's there's an idea there.
1: Well um, so if go, go ahead.
3: ahead. There you
0: go. I insist. Just... Okay, I was just gonna say if there's no amazing one liners then it's not
3: worth it. No, no one-liners, no 80s one-liners. Um, I suppose one more thing I should comment. Is the game difficult? Nah, it's really easy. Um, on the second hardest difficulty, difficult. You can run through the levels and nothing will happen to you. You can just go and run past mm-hmm. all the aliens. If you try that with the mercenaries, their aimbots will mow you down. But with the aliens, it's very easy. Um, I was able to get drummed out of the game. It's not like I feel like I completely wasted $50. I just wasted $30. So it's... Um, I can't speak about the console versions except I think that they have a horrific frame rate and they look worse. And this game was <laughs> pathetically optimized for PC, let me tell you that. It was...
2: Yeah, oh, we, uh, we tried it out in 3D. didn't look very good. The, uh, the the doors were, like, lighted differently in each eye and it was all awkward. And Yeah, it hurt. It hurt to look at. Yeah, so um,
3: maybe when Game of the Year Edition comes out a year down the road for $20... That might honestly be worth it to pick up with all the DLC. That could very well be a good purchase. Unless you have
2: better things to be doing at that point in time, which is pretty likely.
3: Well, if you can't finish any video games and you've got a backlog that goes
2: back to Batman Arkham Asylum, yeah, I could see why you might have. Hey, my backlog goes way (laughs) beyond Batman Arkham (laughs) Asylum, man. I got Psychonauts. I got Psychonauts in that that (laughs) list.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Girl, please, I have
3: half-life in that list. <laughs>
2: <laughs> are you <looking> okay. <laughs> um, yeah,
3: that wins. Okay, if so, there are no more questions about it, I think I'm good with that review.
0: Uh, I, th- I think those more important things that you were talking about will be mimicking the face of the guy who's talking in the Penny Arcade comic that you... <laughs>
2: Um, okay, so this last week I uh finally I uh played through the first episode of or the first act act, sorry, of Kentucky Route Zero. Um, Kentucky Route Zero is an indie game um, and it's got five acts. Um so far the only the first one is out. And um it's so I'll start with the visual style, because I can describe the visual style. So the visual style is, um, you know, very, it's flat, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it acts like a side scroller, but it's a little bit more 3D than, than most side scrollers that you would envision. Um, all of the objects in the world are made up of, like, very simple shapes, but it's not pixelated at all. Um, you know, it's and it, so a lot of things are just kind of silhouettes. It's very uh light and dark kind of um uh, visual style. Um it's very it's very artsy. Um and I kinda liked it. It was it was pretty refreshing. Um so the gameplay, it's uh it's a point and click adventure game. Um the story is that you are you're you're a truck driver, um, you deliver stuff for an antique shop and you're trying to find this address that you've never been to before. And so you know, you you just uh, you go to different people, and you know you, you're out at this uh, gas station. And you're asking the guy for directions, and you know you have to help him to get the, his computer back on so that you, he can he can show you you know where to go. And um and the whole the whole game kind of has this this really strange like small town ghost story kind of vibe. It's like there's always something a little bit off like, about where you are like something just doesn't feel quite right um and it's it's never really clear what exactly is going on um i i enjoyed it a lot um i you know you have uh some sections where where you could just theoretically you know just kind of blow through them and and get to the end but i i actually felt compelled to stop and kind of explore and figure out more about what was going on there. and I I don't regret it. Um it was, you know, the exploring was quite pretty meaningful actually. Um it's uh the, the game costs twenty five dollars, so that would be like five dollars for each uh each act. Um and you can go on you can go on their website cardboardcomputer.com and uh go and get this it's sort of a demo, but not really. It's more it's like a virtual art exhibit um called uh something in limitations. Um and I downloaded that as well and played through it. And uh, that was pretty cool, too. It, uh, it deals, like, there are three people in that one where they're just kind of going around and looking at these art exhibits. And those are three characters that you encounter towards the beginning of the game. Um, yeah. Um, it's kind of a weird game to describe. Um, can you, like, do you guys have any questions that would uh, kind of help clarify it for you?
0: looks interesting. Is it worth the 25 bucks?
2: I think so. I mean, I can't speak to the other acts yet, um, but the the first act, I mean, I spent a good um I spent a good hour and 10 minutes playing through that. Um, and I I'm, I'm planning on kind of going back and playing through it again because um so there's like so there's kind of two levels. There's the, when you're at, at a location, you're walking around and, and doing stuff. And then there's also kind of the map view where you're driving around on the highways in Kentucky trying to find Kentucky Route Zero so that you can get to where you're going. And, um, and I didn't really go and explore the map a whole ton. I explored the locations that I actually went to throughout the story. Um, but I didn't explore the map a lot because I didn't realize that, uh, I was, you know, it was... The act was going to end when it did. Okay.
3: Sounds like it's uh, quite a bit of content there, then, for your yeah. 25 bucks. Like, you're not being slighted or whatever.
0: No. You might have to check it out. And, I mean, it, it reminds me... The art style reminds me a lot. I'm trying to find it right now. I I think I found it on Congregate, where it was just really interesting. Game. There's another one that I posted that seems to have similar art styles up in the chat. Right. So if you want to go and check that out.
2: Oh, and also... um. Whenever you are, like, talking to somebody, obviously, you you have, like, several different um, dialogue options. And the weird thing is, like, it doesn't, I'm not sure exactly if the dialogue options have an impact on where the story goes. But the the dialogue options, even the ones that you don't actually choose, um, they serve to kind of give you, the player, a better sense of what's going on. Um, you know, so like you'll learn a little bit of background about your own character even from the things that you don't say to people.
1: Huh. Yeah.
0: This is going to drive me nuts until I
2: <laughs> Um, so yeah, if uh if Kentucky Rod Zero sounds like your cup of tea, I would definitely I would definitely recommend it. I enjoyed it. Um I I've, I've, obviously it's not a very mainstream game. Um but that's fine. I'm a, I'm a gamer hipster now. <laughs> yeah we' had a fun talk about that, as is
0: suggested by the fact that we are not helping an independent gamer and stuff mm-hmm.
2: like that yep i mean, if you think about it, you know p c gamers are a little are pretty hipster anyway among gamers you know we're pretty elitist you know we uh we 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 play on the on the the you know console that console that nobody else plays on and you know we but we think it's better than than everybody else's and.
3: I'm not a hipster. Don't do
1: that.
2: Yeah, you are.
3: Well, I don't know how to describe myself. I prefer the old stuff. So I guess I'm just some old bastard or something. Who, uh, I remember when I was young, we played real games back then.
2: Speaking of real games, old games, I just discovered that Chrome OS does not uh, support the Java applet, so I can't play RuneScape on my Chrome o- on my Chromebox. So sad. Yeah, I have a Chromebook.
3: Is the Chromebox the child of the Steambox and the Chromebook? No,
2: no. And so the, what could be done with it? the? The Chromebox is a desktop that's running Chrome OS, and it's extreme, it's it's tiny. So it I mean, actually exists. Yeah, it does. Here, i
3: think of next. No, no, don't show me. Don't no, please. Uh, please I'll you. don't show me, please. <laughs> well, we've got another review to get to, folks. Yeah, go for it. This one shouldn't take too long. I just played through the whole of Resident Evil 4 Wii Edition. It was the port of almost the PlayStation 2 version, because that one had a little more content, not the GameCube version. But it was the graphically best version of the game until yeah. the release stage version a couple of years later. Now, I'd never played any Resident Evil game before, and I really liked it. It was a good mix of action and scary things. I had to used a lot of tactics and what weapons I used to take on what enemies. I had a lot of choice in what I could buy. I had to conserve ammo because there was no guarantee I would get more. And I really had to think and make sure I was using my resources to the best of their ability. Much, much more challenging than most newer games that I play these days, where you can just run gun, run you gun, run gun. Um, the biggest thing I wanted to comment on, and my favorite thing about the game, was the controls. I thought that this game was one of the best ones using Wiimote and Nunchuck ever. You know, aim your gun, you point with your Remote. you move your guy with the control stick. I just heard weird music. What was that? I think that was Ian typing. Okay, sorry.
0: I did just type, but there was also a boom,
3: boom, No, it was asking me if I was still there or something. Yeah. Ah. Okay, I've never seen that before. I'm scared. Anyway, um, I really like the controls of it because you use the controls to go up and track to move around and to face your guy. And you can't run to a side. You kind of just turn. They call it tank controls because you can either be turning or you can be moving. Um, So
2: what you mean by that is that there's no strafing. Yeah, there's no strafing of any kind in the game. Um, with a
3: simple button combination, as then you hold down a button, and you hold back on the stick, you can do a 180, which is nice. And I just really enjoyed the way that it worked, because the slightly slower movement of my character gave the enemies time to be a touch more cinematic than they might normally be. They could run up into my face and not just kill me as soon as they could reach me, but be scary for a second, which really fit the game. And it did add challenges in some parts where enemies surrounded me, how I had to think and be intelligent about how I was going to do it. But I just wanted to say that as far as controls go, if you're interested in a Wii game that proves that Weird Mountain and Nunchuck are a very valid control scheme, this one hit it dead on. Fantastic controls. Really good game. Worth a second playthrough from what I've seen and worth a lot of other stuff. Um, it's got extra content on the second playthrough. You can play it on harder difficulties. It's got some mini games that are like actually fighting mini games, almost to challenges with new characters and stuff. Overall, I really, really liked it. And I thought that. I'm surprised I missed this jam when I was younger. Any questions
2: about the game? Uh, um, so I've heard a lot of uh, jokes about you know the Resident Evil games increasingly just being uh, basically a collection of cutscenes. Um, how how bad is this one in that in that regard? Um, this one's pretty decent. There are a few points where it's I um, think it had of like
3: what is it? The thing where you got to push a button at the right time to avoid being killed. Quick time oh, events. Quick time. Yeah, quick time events. Thank you. This um, one has cut scenes with quick time events. Okay. Um, they're not too bad. They're a little annoying. There's only one that's really that bad, but even that's okay. Other than that, it does have too many cutscenes. Um, or quick time events in general. So it's it's okay. You, there's more gameplay than there is watching a movie. It's not like um, it feels less like watching a movie than playing Uncharted does. Just to give you an idea there. Okay. You might know that. Um, any other questions or? interest in the game? Nope. Alright. Uh Ian, you're up
2: there. Yeah, so Mass Effect Three, Citadel DLC. Um this is the this is the last DLC that they are um um releasing for Mass Effect three. And holy crap, this is I in my opinion, the best DLC that they've come out with so far. Um it was definitely aimed at veterans of the Mass Effect series. Um if, you know, if you watch the trailer, you'll know exactly what I mean because they they are just they are ramping up on the nostalgia, you know, on the uh hanging out with your crew members and you know just having inside jokes and you know it's it's just a a jolly good time. Um they uh so there there are kind of two parts of the DLC. There is the the storyline there's a little there's a you know mission kind of storyline part um and then there is after that there's the uh you know just kind of hanging out in your new apartment and you know you can you can wander around the strip and uh there's some activities to do there they have like a combat simulator and they have a casino and they have an arcade and then you can also um uh, you know, hanging out with individual crew members, you know, find like you, I met Garris at a bar and helped him hit on, uh, some Turian chick cause he's terrible at that. Um, and you know, and then you can also, uh, invite people up to your apartment and hang out with them. I, uh, watched a nice romantic comedy with, uh, Tally. Well, maybe it wasn't a comedy, but it was a romantic movie with Tally. Had a good time. Um, she sang me a song. It was kind of weird actually. Um, <laughs> don't tell her that I said that. Um, the the storyline the storyline was pretty good I wasn't really expecting much from it I was just like ah oh, somebody's trying to kill Shepard whatever it's all good but then they had the, but then they threw in this big huge like plot twist that just completely caught me off guard and I was like holy cow this is just crazy like this changes everything and then. It- you know, and so I was expecting, like, the tone of the story to just suddenly get, like, really serious and really, like, philosophical about, like, oh, my gosh, what, do, what could this mean? But then all of the crew members were just, like, still just making jokes. They were just all like, ah, whatever, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, trying to one-up each other. And you know, <laughs> I loved it so much. Sounds like something uh, you would ever do. Oh, yeah. Faced with, you know, a really meaningful, uh, you know, situation. Just dicks! Are space sticks everywhere? Yeah. Um, I
0: hope none of you have gone there.
2: <laughs> so tis a silly place. Guys. The um oh man the 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 party was great. I loved the party. Um I I uh, decided to have a really uh, energetic um you know dance party, and uh, it was hilarious. Oh man. So you you know how terrible uh, Shepard is at dancing. Everybody made fun of him for it finally. It was great. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Um god, Tally is so funny when she gets wasted. <laughs> and well, then of course, and then of course, you know, after the party's over and you know you go to bed, when you get up the next morning, everybody's like, you know, sitting there with a hangover like, ugh, I feel terrible, you know." Uh, and everybody's got something different to say and oh, it was it was amazing. Oh yeah, and um so obviously, you know, I played through this at the end, you know, because my, my character, my Shepherd, is already level 60, and I've done, like, every single other mission that there is besides the ending mission at this point. And um, so a few of my crew members are dead by that time, not going to say who, um, but some of, some of them die throughout the course of uh, Mass Effect 3, and, uh, you know... That even even a few of those who were dead kind of made an appearance in this this DLC through uh, some you know recordings that they had been trying to send you or whatever, but um it didn't make it to you until then and it was oh man I got the feels, yep, I got the feels it was oh man how did we meet go go buy it it's only fifteen dollars it's great how much uh, gameplay time is there in that. Um, I spent. I actually wasn't counting. Let me go check. Um, had to be me. So let's see. Somebody if, else might have messed things up. <laughs> it feels. Um, uh So let's see. Before I played through that DLC, let's, let's do the math. All right. So it took. Uh, I spent ten hours in it. So that's ten hours bad. for fifteen dollars. Yeah, that's a pretty decent and especially considering what you get in those ten hours, like I could play a ten hour game for fifteen dollars uh, and I couldn't possibly hate it. But this is this is not the case at all. This was a great DLC. I was so laughing my ass off would like, the whole this. time.
3: So you, um, you would recommend this to light hearted, long term Mass Effect fans, or long term Mass Effect fans, and those who like a light hearted humor fest?
2: Yes. Okay. But if you want serious... anybody, anybody who is a long-term Mass Effect fan will appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even if they only like the serious side of Mass
3: Effect, if that's what they focused on, they'd still oh, like
2: this. You think? If they yeah. Like the
3: really gritty, serious aspects of it. I mean, I don't.
2: Cool I, Mass Effect hasn't really seemed like a series that has that has been overly gritty. Do you know? But yeah, would you there say that? that I mean, yeah, there there are themes there that are really deep. Um, so,
3: if that was what someone focused on, do you think they would enjoy this? Then I'm just curious.
2: I would say they would. Um, okay. And there there is there are things in there that you can <sighs> that you can look into, you know, and just go like, man, that was really deep. Um, your crew members aren't going to tell you that. <laughs> they're just you know, they're just going to go, oh man, we're so much better than that other squad. You know, oh no, we're better than you. <laughs> okay.
3: Interesting. Ah.
2: <sighs> Well, if there's no more comments on
3: that, my final review is a few reviews on 3DS games. Um, to put it simply, I got a 3DS a while ago. I've been playing a few games, and I will give the very quick version of them. Pushmo is a download game from Nintendo Intelligent Systems. It came out in 2011. It's a puzzle game. It makes my brain work in ways that hurts that it never has before, but I love it. It's very worth it if you want a different experience, a challenge. It's just a really unique game. Fire Emblem came out recently, and that game is probably one of my favorite Fire Emblem games already. It adds a lot of choice. It's got good quality DLC that adds to it. Um, wow, it's got DLCs already? Oh, it's had them for... The game was out in 2011 in Japan. Oh, okay.
2: It's had a year's worth of DLC in Japan. Gotcha. Um, and, the, and so then they just brought all of those things to America all at the same time?
3: Um, Nope, they released them on a week-by-week basis. Okay. Um, but it's really good if you like any Fire Emblems. It is also good for newcomers in the series. It's got something there for both the old fans and the new ones. A lot of different things like that. Uh, Good challenge. Its hardest mode is brutally difficult. I haven't even tried that one yet, Um, but... Yeah, it looks overall like it's a great entry in the series, and if its sales in Japan were pretty good, its sales in the U.S. have been so good there are shortages. It might be the first Fire game to breach one million sales units, which is just a really great thing for them. But nice. So it's definitely a game I would recommend. Um, otherwise, I've been playing a few old games that they ported up to the 3DS: Star Fox 3D. If you like the return of Star Fox, or if you just like a rail shooter, or if you like really hammy dialogue, it's
2: worth. <laughs> <laughs> Fox <laughs> <tomorrow>. <laughs> yes. Sounds like I, that's the kind of thing that we would be playing. <laughs>
3: yes, that, that actually does really sound like something up your alley if you ever do get a 3DS down the road for some reason. I mean, that is the dialogue hamminess. I cannot stress that enough. Um, Looks also, like Ian wants
2: you to see something. Okay. Which Zelda is that? I can't even see it. Yep,
3: Ocarina of Time 3DS. I was just about to go into that one. Hey! I, I have, I've never played a Zelda game before this one. Never. Yeah. My brother did and I watched him. I'm going to smack you. Yes, I deserve it. I was like, I wonder if this game is worth all the hype, best game ever it gets. I played it, yeah, I can see where it got the hype from. I wouldn't call it best game ever myself, but I can see why people said that. When it fantastic. first got here, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. It could have been the best one out when it came out easily. Um, it pulls you into the story, fantastic action, great controls, excellent dungeon design. It comes with the Master Quest, which redoes all the dungeons more difficult, so fans get a new challenge. Um, graphically, it looks just like a great update. Very worth it. Uh, very smooth, easy to look at. This is the point where, if you need graphics that are better than that, need them, not just want them, but need them, you're graphics controller. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic game. So I would recommend both those remakes to Fancy the Original. Zelda, I'd recommend that to anyone, especially if you love adventure games. And Star oh, yes. Fox, anyone who loves hammy dialogue. Um, and yeah, that's my book reviews
2: of 3DS games. Awesome. Uh, so we have a few special announcements, specifically uh, new releases for this week. Tomb Raider came out, of course. It uh, sold over 1 million copies in two days, which is a record for that series. Um, it, let's see. I don't know if that's record-breaking in general, but that's good. Well, no, but yeah, yeah. for that series, this, this is okay. the best-selling one so far. Um, Katie bought it. Um, we might have her on sometime soon when she's uh, gotten far enough into it to give us a good review. Um, or actually,
0: I have another person who we could maybe get a review. Okay.
2: Perfect. Um, SimCity also came out, and uh, they've been having some serious <laughs> server issues. So the um, the game, you know, came out with uh, you know kind of always online DRM. Um, they claim, you know, that it's because, oh, you know, you when you when you're playing it, you know, you're part of a larger region, and and you know that that all has depends on being online with other people and yada yada yada. Line, but... Exactly. Um, so lo and behold, lunch day comes, and nobody can get online for more than a few minutes because you know they don't have enough servers and everything. But by this time, by this time, they have increased the uh, the um um performance of the servers by uh forty percent by adding a bunch of servers and they're also updating the the original servers so that those ones will work better. So hopefully it's working by now. And also EA gave uh people who bought SimCity a free game so to try to get back into their graces. Good <laughs> graces.
0: Wonder how well it worked.
2: Yeah. Really, yeah. It? EA likes to give out free stuff I guess
3: to make them for all their missteps. Mm-hmm. and we have oh, one yeah. more bit of news I suppose PlayStation Vita's sales multiplied sixfold in Japan following its price cut which is wow. $50 worth sold 60-some thousand still less than the 3DS but 60-some thousand this last week and they had the third best-selling game last week in Japan with about 100,000 units
1: sold which um, was?
3: Um, it's not coming out I don't know if it's coming out in the US a lot of Vita <sighs> games are let check quick Um, Oh, Japan. Senran Kaguru Shino versus Otami Shoduachi no Shomei. Perfect. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I understood every every word of that. (laughs) However, um, looking good for Vita is that Soul Sacrifice is a game that came out this March 7th in Japan. It will be out here um, April 30th. And (laughs) It is supposed to be a pretty well-typed game. It's in a Monster Hunter genre, and Monster Hunter sells quite well in Japan. So we'll see if that game sells at all or if it moves any units. I don't think that game will move a single unit. I think that it will still sell okay because of the price cut. Um, Also upcoming for Vita, we have Dead or Alive 5 Plus, um, 19th of this month. So yes, there are upcoming Vita games, people.
0: Oh, Dead or
3: Alive. (laughs) Also, it was fan service, the fighting
0: game. God, if they made a... <laughs> if they made a fighting game out of Dead or Alive, it would have individual... Bon- well, no, they already have individual bounce graphics. That was... What on earth are you talking
2: about? Dead or it Alive? Lives? Yeah, it has bounce oh, That was Reminds It has individual from... bouncing physics. <laughs> Reminds me of Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> Do you remember Bad that life. sunflower? Holy oh, crap. I will be
3: purchasing that game on the original hardware soon and be playing through that. I will to do that as one of my
2: early videos. Hardware. Gears. Hardware. Hardware. I'm done. <laughs> well, so, uh, let me pollinate
1: that flower first. <laughs> then I'll be done. We got anything
3: else for us?
2: Uh, I don't uh, think we have anything else. I think that's yeah. it, people. All right. We love you, folks. Uh, uh, so, yep, this is Ian Buck signing off. Ian Decker. Uh,
1: I'm Bye. Go. Ah 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 ah
4: ah 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 ah. You know that I am called the Count because I really
1: love to.